Welcome back to the Winner's Circle, Spark Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network, Jonathan Shop. 2017 Michigan State over Nebraska. Surprise, surprise, surprise. A game decided by turnovers and sacks, probably more than anything else, turns the Spartans' way. Michigan State off the schneid. Breaks the longest Big Ten losing streak in school history with a nice win over a decent team. Not a horrible team, not a great team. 20-17 to get Michigan State back on the winning ways as we climb into the depths now of November. They're going to go to Ohio State this Saturday at 7.30. They'll play at Indiana. And then the Black Friday special at Ford Field in the D to close out 2023. But this one is worth looking back at for sure. We're going to break it down piece by piece. This edition of the Spartan Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network. The Michigan State offense was not exciting. It wasn't unbelievable by any stretch of the mean. Spartans struggle on third down, 3 of 14. They did play both quarterbacks, which was interesting. I think the key stat of the game is very clearly zero turnovers. Zero turnovers. And at the end of the day, the turnovers and the sacks for Michigan State were just a little bit more than the remarkable penalties that the Spartans racked up. Uh, We'll talk about that in the intangible segment. Michigan State had a horrible time running the ball. They tried to run it 31 times. They went nowhere. 61 yards. The offensive line can't block well enough. Period. That's the reason that they struggle so much. The defensive, um, Nebraska's defense absolutely turned Michigan State one-dimensional without any trouble. It's honestly a game they should have won. They're going to be thinking in Lincoln, boy, we should have won this game probably by well more than a score. Maybe two, but but at least more than a score. Michigan State offense continues to struggle. It all starts at up front at the offensive line. I realize some people think this is a tryout session for quarterbacks. You see other teams do it. Uh, it's not that much of a problem if you've got a really good offensive line. We see first-year quarterbacks have success all the time now at the college level. Michigan State doesn't have receivers that can separate, but that is a secondary problem by far to what's going on with the offensive line. It's not going to get any better this year, folks. I doubt that we see that. In fact, it's going to probably get really difficult starting this weekend against Ohio State. But if Michigan State has offensive linemen that they think are ready to play, they ought to find a way to get them in there, get their sea legs wet, find out what they maybe can and cannot do. I don't care if they've got to play 19 different kids on the offensive line. Now, there is a decision to make relative to Sam Levitt, and the decision is a very clear one. Sam Levitt should be done for the year. If he's doing what's best for his career, he takes the red shirt and starts fresh next year at Michigan State or wherever he would end up going. There is not any upside for Sam Levitt to play in the final three weeks of the season. There just is not enough to go on. Whether or not he wants to stay at Michigan State is one thing, but he would be looking next year, assuming he would stay, to be a freshman. That's a good spot to be. At the same time, that'll provide some separation between him and Kaden Hauser, who is also, a, at this point, is a redshirt freshman. That would be what 
I would recommend let it do. I hope that the coaches around Michigan State are ready to react because the decision has to come very quickly. And as Harlan Barnett said after the game, they were not necessarily, hadn't really been on their mind yet. It sure is today. Defensively, Michigan State did a decent job. Anytime you keep your... I know it's really been very hot and cold under the Scott Hazleton era. It just has been. There have been a lot of games where they've kept teams under 24 points. This is another one. Um, Nebraska has a good defense, as we talked about before the game. The offense is obviously a ways from going, uh, being where they need to go. When you win a rushing battle 148-63, to 63, you ought to win the game. And the reason that Nebraska did not was they turned the ball over three times. It's it's really that simple. Um, that's the number one reason. Harburg, the quarterback for Nebraska, two interceptions. Michigan State defense, again, shows signs of life and development in different places, including really all three levels. All three levels. You know, we saw um, some, some guys that, like Maverick Hansen have a huge day. He's a senior, so he's not going to really be part of the future, but he has a big day. Simeon Barrow continues to battle through a regular load of injuries. I really look forward to him having a good off season, maybe trimming up a little bit, getting strength, and, and just um, being able to recover the whole way. But when you see what's coming in the Spartan defense of the future, you, you see this is the area that's going to turn quicker. Khalil Majid. You see Chance Rucker, of course. You see um, Jalen Thompson. And you see guys that are turning quicker. So as we look at the remaining games of the year, I would think that the defense is going to have their hands full, but that's probably going to be where you're looking to see the most success for this team. Special teams... Remains an adventure for Michigan State. I cannot tell you how surprising it was that the special teams coordinator was was is, is not a different person to start 2023. It's gone about as badly as you could have expected for Michigan State. It's been inconsistent. But I will tell you this, and there is no doubt in my mind that Michigan State has an NFL kicker. This is why I like what Jonathan Kim has done. This is why I really like what he's done. He's from my area. He's from the DMV. He's one of those DMV Spartans. He's from Fredericksburg, south of D.C., north of Richmond. He plays at North Carolina, which is a pretty good weather school, and does all right. But he's sharpening the sword here at Michigan State and kicking in weather. That is going to bode well for him at the NFL level. He has made three kicks over 50 yards, including one yesterday. This is a really good, good spot. He is 11 for 15 on the year. He's going to have probably a hand, well, hopefully a handful of more kicks. This is your standout of special teams for Michigan State, without any doubt. And he is going to kick at the NFL level. It's going to be exciting to see what he does. I think he maybe is paving the way a little bit for kickers. If you kick and have a great career somewhere, that's fine. But I think if you want to kick in the NFL, you better have a year where you're kicking in some weather because the NFL is obviously indoor, outdoor, really quick change through the through the outdoor when you talk about kickers. But you need to have kicked in weather before you're probably going to get seriously considered for a tryout or to get signed at the NFL level. Michigan State football breaks the streak. 
20 to 17 over Nebraska. We're wrapping it up here. We call this one Spartans by seven. I look back. The ins and outs of Michigan State football each week. That means we got just a few more here to go. We'll be back to wrap this one up on the Spartan Pride Podcast. One-on-one matchups might have actually been a large story of this game. I do not think that Matt Rule had any idea his offensive line was going to have such a problem with Michigan State. No way. That, uh, that really probably wasn't in the cards. Wasn't on the tip of the spear. This is not something that they were likely to be concerned about thinking, well, we're going to have trouble. We're going to give up a handful plus sacks. No. No, that, 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 that could not have been in the mix. Seven sacks for the Spartans. One-on-ones went well for Michigan State. That's a little bit of a surprise. You can see the holes in these programs. You could see, okay, this is a good piece. This is a complimentary piece. Here's some holes here. But a good sign for Michigan State that they measured up with Nebraska. This is not the same Nebraska team that you will see next year or the year after. This is absolutely not the same Michigan State team you expect to see this year or after. These weeks here are going to provide us a real nice measuring, if you will. So the Spartans are in the situation where they're destroyed by Michigan. They're outmatched by Minnesota. They match up with Nebraska. You want to know where you stand? If you're a college football player, you think, hey, I can play in the NFL. Okay, you might. Let's see what you do against Ohio State. Because Ohio State has nearly a complete roster of guys that think they can play in the NFL. Many of them have the physical attributes to do so. Almost all of them are are more highly recruited than most of the kids on Michigan State. So you want a real measuring stick? Let's see what we have these next three weeks. One-on-ones are going to be difficult for Michigan State, but Ohio State and Penn State, and believe it or not, they're going to be difficult with Indiana also. Indiana looking pretty strong right now. Intangible-wise, we thought Nebraska had the edge. Um, I think they did. Boy, did they have an edge when it comes to penalties. Unfortunately, one of the things that seems to slip most when you have a coaching change in season is this penalty thing. Michigan State, uh, really sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. Not just special teams sloppy. Seven penalties for 70 yards. Now, some of those seem to be bad calls, to be fair. They were probably not correct. Many of them uh, were not, they just weren't very good. But I think quietly Michigan State may send something to the Big Ten office and say, hey, you know, this... This game here in Nebraska ends up with no flags. <laughs> we had seven for 70. Uh, maybe you want to take a look at that a little bit. Intangible edge, Spartans turned out to have enough. You know, you play the game you're in. I'm sure Nebraska was doing the best they could. In the back of their mind, they also know they've got Maryland and Iowa at home to get that sixth win to get to a bowl game. I think there's a real good chance that they get to the bowl game this weekend with a win over Maryland or Michigan State, they're looking at a schedule where they're going to have a really tough time having any chance to win two of the last three games. So it's nice that they went ahead and got a third win, and it will be difficult to get a fourth. 
So maybe the intangible edge was worth a little more than we thought. Coaching-wise, I think what we talked about before the game about Michigan State setting a schedule kind of to see a second quarterback, whether it was Hauser or Levitt, worked pretty well. I do not think Sam Levitt should play again at Michigan State this year. Um, if he does, I think it's probably going to hurt his career in the long run, more likely to hurt it than help. Um, but coaching-wise, you have to feel for Harlan Barnett. You know, he got thrown into a tough situation. He sounded maybe a little bit too compassionate too early. He unfortunately made some real decisions or indecisions that didn't work out and, and kind of sunk, ended up accelerating the sink, the sinking feeling that the, that the team has had when they went through such a bad losing streak. Again, you go back to the Maryland game. They should have they should have had a chance to compete, if not win that one. Iowa, Rutgers, both of those games lost badly. So you feel really good that Harlan Barnett has a win under his belt. If the season ends, he's got at least one. It's also going to be a great thing for his career that he had this time as a head coach. You know, you don't have to look that far around the Big Ten. You can look at Luke Fickle for somebody that ended up doing work as an interim coach. It didn't go well. Fickle actually kind of slides back from there. He ends up getting demoted. And he finds a way to, to work through it. He finds a way to survive and work through it. So whatever happens from here from Harlan Barnett, whether he coaches at Michigan State next year or whether this is his final year coaching at Michigan State, there is some professional benefit and there have got to be some lessons that he will learn and will take and then apply in the future that are going to make him a better coach, whether he's a position coach, likely a coordinator, or he gets a head coaching job down the road too. You can't feel anything but good for Harlan Barnett that he has won as a head coach in college football. Overall, this one was a little bit of a surprise. You could say from the Nebraska side that they were the better team and they kind of gave this one away because in reality, they, they kind of did. That at the same time, sacks don't sack themselves. Seven sacks for Michigan State, seven penalties. I guess seven was the number of the day. <laughs> seven sacks and seven penalties. That's not a trade-off you want to make. But when you win the turnover margin three to zero, it's going to give you a shot. When you can't run the ball anywhere, you need some magic to happen to have any shot of winning and actually to get over the top. That's what we saw in this game on Saturday. Michigan State can take a deep breath, find a bit of confidence in a 20-17 win over Nebraska to go 3-6, and 1-5 in the Big Ten. This is a tremendously chaotic and busy time in the Big Ten Conference. You know what and you know why. And for sure, there'd better be more coming about it as soon as tomorrow and certainly next week. So we will be back on the Spartan Pride podcast. We will go around the world of college football midweek unless something big happens between now and then. If it does, we'll go ahead and drop a show immediately on the Fans First Sports Network. Take a look around the Fans Force. Fans First Sports Network. I am Jonathan Shop. This has been the Spartan Pride Podcast. Have a great day. Talk to you soon.